Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into A to C Sports Prime Time. Uh, on this Sunday evening, I'm your host, Buck Rising, if you're new to the show, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. AmandaJGentry.com, wherever justice demands. She is there to protect your constitutional rights. Let Amanda J. get the job done for you. And, of course, True Math Fitness in the Gulch, where you go to get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. A new way to work out for the best version of you. TrueMathFitness.com, where your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident, as I mentioned. So we've got a lot of uh, a lot of things to take away. We're going to do positives. We're going to do negatives. That's the way the show's stacked, and it's not because Elo wants it that way. It's because that's the way that me and Bert put it together. Jackie Hulbert says, say the rising curse is broken. Yes, indeed. The rising curse is broken. I have seen a professional team win soccer, hockey, baseball with the sounds. It's the first time that I have been in attendance for a professional team winning a game since November 17th, and the Tennessee Titans able to be the first team that I saw win a game the last before the streak started and then win a game again after the, uh, after the streak officially ended last night in Minnesota. Uh, Kenneth Davidson says, come on, Buck, give us a win. I'm trying to. You guys are just being so damn dramatic about it. I don't know. What else? Uh, I don't know how how much more overwhelmingly positive we need to do. This is not, you know, I, I, I almost said a phrase that I probably shouldn't, but either way, uh, you're going to be okay. All right, let's talk about the football game. So ultimately, 24-16 win. Uh, first half was tough, right? First half was a slog. First two drives for the starting offense. Bad drops by Chig. There were some really clunky stuff that they were trying to work through. And as they, as they, uh, Malik had a, a bad miss to NWI that he should have been able to complete with ease. Like I said, the wide receivers or the skill position group didn't really help him too much. Uh, two bad drops by Chig. I know Chig had a reception later on in the uh, in the game, but ultimately they got back to what we know their core uh, at their core identity they want to be. They found different ways to run the football. They were using Malik's legs. They were using Chestnut, Tajay Spears. Had a great first half. Trippin Titan says Malik didn't look as bad as I thought he would. <clears throat> and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, to look at Malik's stat line, right? And I'll I'll give it to you. Excuse me, I got a little bit of a <clears throat> something in my throat. Uh to look at Malik's stat line, 10 of 17, 85 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh the interception was not good, right? The interception, the defender. Uh, broke on the ball uh, before Malik expected it. Malik let the ball go. Uh, it was a uh, it was a it was an interception more attributable to the quarterback than was the interception that bounced off Josh Wiley's hands in Chicago. So the interception wasn't great. Touchdown pass to Chestnut was fine. Um, like I said, his stat line looks better if Chig catches those two passes. His stat line also looks better if he's able to complete 
a pretty routine crossing pattern to Nick Westbrook Aquina. So there was there were reasons why it looked as clunky as it did, but ultimately, I thought that they he was presented with a bunch of different situations that he had to work his way through. And though it did not look particularly appealing or smooth or already, uh, you know, as 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 efficient as you might want it to be, because he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't he's not a starting quarterback. He's not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL just yet. But the point is, can he get better? Nate Burner says 85 yards against second and third stringers. It's depressing. Again, you're he's probably at 125 yards has if Chig catches two passes. Right. And he's probably at 150 yards if he completes a better ball to NWI. So I'm not here to I'm not here to take away or to project things that didn't happen in the game. But to ignore those facts, I think, does him a disservice and also is a flawed evaluation. The coaching staff is going to look at these things these way. They're going to just attribute the blame and credit properly uh, on what went down in every play, because there's all manner of different things. Right. The the first chick drop. Malik, I thought, handled it well when uh, well, I haven't even asked you your two rivers Ford take yet. And we should probably do that before I get too far ahead of myself. Your two rivers Ford take. What did you like from what you saw from the Titans? We'll do positives. Then we'll do negatives. Then we'll do this as a free site. What did you like from last night's preseason game? We'll talk about it together right after I uh, right after I uh, tell you that your two rivers Ford take is made possible by the wonderful people at two rivers Ford. Go to two rivers Ford. In Mount Juliet, quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service that you can rely upon. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go for the best car buying experience possible, powered by Ford, driven by people. So what's the best thing that you saw yesterday um, from what the Titans did? And then we'll talk about some things that they could stand to improve upon. Uh, I, I liked all the different scenarios that Malik Willis was presented with. It's not... It's unfortunate that Levis um, had an injury that is not going to require them to sign an additional quarterback. So it sounds like Will Levis is going to be available at some point uh, in the coming week before they ultimately play the New England Patriots in their final, in their preseason finale. Patriots, remember, not coming here for joint training camp practices. Those were canceled earlier this morning. Um, But I love that all the different scenarios that Malik Willis was presented with that they can't simulate in practice, including officials, game clock, play clock, all the different, the atmosphere. There were 68,000 people on a Saturday night at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings fans are crazy. It was so, so cool to see. I'm dying to do an actual game there um, because the atmosphere was electric and maybe maybe made even more so because the, the press box is open air so I could really feel the crowd and and all the different you know the ebbs and flows of the games were in were in any other press box. I think I think Minnesota might be the only one with an open air press box. Every other press box you're you're basically boxed in in glass, right? So you can't really hear the crowd reacting. You can't hear as much that's going down going on on the field. Um, but I thought that there was a lot to like about all the different scenarios that Malik was presented with. Now, did he ace all of them? No, but that's okay. And I think that's the thing that you have to remember. They're trying to find teachable moments for him on tape. There's not much tape of him playing in the NFL beyond what he was able to do last year. 
now with the benefit of those three starts and eight total appearances in 2022 heading into this year's preseason he understands how those scenarios are going to be presented how he is expected to manage them and you know whether he succeeds or fails then they can grade on that curve but with Malik it's always going to be more developmental than it will be for Levis Levis is light years ahead of where Malik was as a rookie, Malik Willis in his rookie year is that it was a, at a substantially different or lower level than is Will Levis coming in in 2023. Their their circumstances were not created the same, and we understand this, right? But for Malik, there are positive signs of development. I think that's clear and obvious from watching him. Now, again, the decision making was not perfect, and there are routine passes there that he has to complete. The NWI, I think, the most glaring of those issues. But for the most part, I thought he managed pressure well. I thought that uh, I thought that what he was able to do, even on the so like I, I started to I started to give the example of the first chig drop, right? Uh, our friend Amanda J Gentry in here Sunday Fun Day with Buck always a Sunday Fun Day uh, after a game. It's always uh, good to be able to talk about these things and and work our way through AmandaJGentry.com. Tell you more about what her and her great law office can offer you in just a moment. But um, with that being said. As you look at Malik Willis's circumstance, so the chig, the chig, the first chig drop, right? On the first possession, you see Malik Willis do the correct thing. He manages the pocket really well. Because if you'll go back and watch that particular snap, Daniel Brunskill, the right guard, is basically pushed immediately into Malik Willis's lap. It's pressure from the interior. It's the worst thing that a quarterback has to deal with. It's the least comfortable thing for a quarterback especially a quarterback Malik is I mean Malik is probably six foot two I don't I don't think he's six foot three I think he's about my height maybe maybe six one either way um so Malik is not going to be able to see overwhelmingly over a six foot four six foot five offensive lineman or a defensive tackle right so pressure in your face it's the worst possible thing it is the thing that makes quarterbacks make the most mistakes the easiest right so I see you see Malik manage that pocket situation well. He eludes the pressure. He he skirts uh, he skirts over to his left, and then uh, he complete or he goes to complete the pass. Should have been completed. Chig takes a weird hop, and then the pass is ultimately dropped. That is a good play by the quarterback. It's a bad play by the tight end. And so I think the box score scout him in these preseason games is uh, is the is doing him a disservice and doing yourselves a disservice. I'm not saying that he's miles ahead of Will Levis. I don't think it's that far of a gap between the two of them. There are plenty of places where Malik needs to improve. There are plenty of places where Levis needs to improve. But I do think that you are seeing those kind of incremental steps that he needs to take. And I thought the best possible thing for him was to be able to get all four quarters to work through those various scenarios and to have, you know, the operational side of it to try, try and do it in a more comfortable way. Um, I, uh, I, I see, uh, let me see some comments here. The, the question was your two rivers for take. What did you most like from what you saw in the preseason game? And then we'll do what we didn't like uh, uh, here in just a second, because mine, both of mine have to do with Malik Willis as a matter of fact. Uh, Troy Anderson says, Buck, you have been a Malik detractor ever since he came to the Titans. Well, first and foremost, that is factually inaccurate. I was not a detractor of Malik Willis when he was first drafted by the Titans. I was a detractor of Malik Willis 
uh, at about the same time that your coaching staff was a detractor of Malik Willis when they put him on the bench for Josh Dobbs because he couldn't operate an NFL passing game. Now it's different, right? He's had a full year in the NFL. And the idea, and Troy, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're trying to box anybody in here, but that people are unwilling to accept that opinions can change as new information becomes available is one of the greatest failings I think that we have as a society. Like, I think that is some of the most narrow-minded, dipshit kind of stuff that you can do. And I'm not, I'm not accusing you that uh, of that, Troy, because you are correct. I, I think I was one of the most critical people of Malik Willis because I saw exactly what everybody saw. He could not operate an NFL passing game in his rookie year, nor should he have been expected to really. Like, because the cur- the learning curve was always going to be different for him coming from the offense that he did, coming from the system that he did, and they needed him sooner than he otherwise should have had to make an appearance, right? If, if everything had gone to plan, if Ryan Tannehill wasn't playing behind the NFL's worst offensive line, then Ryan Tannehill maybe doesn't get a high ankle sprain, then Malik Willis maybe doesn't have to play and look as badly as he does in his rookie season, and he has more opportunity to grow and develop, and he gets these reps in preseason and looks like a more finished product. He probably doesn't look perfect, on the other side of that hypothetical, but like that would have been the ideal c- c- circumstance for Malik. It was why Tennessee made so much sense for him as a landing spot. So yes, correct. I would, and detractor is in to detractor is the wrong word. Critic. Yes. I'm not, I don't hate the guy. I don't, I don't think that he doesn't belong in the NFL. He looks like he can play at the NFL level. There are some things that he needs to clean up. He is a far more refined product at this stage, a year plus into his NFL career than he was at this time last year. That's not rocket science. It's just typically how these things work. And to Malik's credit, he has put in a considerable amount of work to try and get to this situation. Uh, MB says, why is it that hardly anyone is mentioning that he hired his own quarterback coach in the offseason to work on his fundamentals? I don't know that it's uh, I don't know that it's not been discussed. I mean, we in fact, I think Sean McAvoy, his, his quarterback coach has been uh, I think Sean McAvoy, his quarterback coach has been on the radio station. I haven't I, I haven't had Sean on my radio show specifically. I'm pretty sure they put Sean on the on three HL uh, a couple of times in the past in the past calendar year, if I'm correct. And it's not like that's it's not like that's under discussed. I mean, we've asked plenty of I've asked Malik plenty of questions about that, and he's been pretty short. In his answers, so while you know, perhaps we've not talked about it here uh, at the in the level of detail that you that you might have been interested in. It's, I mean, that's not inaccurate. He did hire a quarterback coach. It's a quarterback coach that works with a lot variety of different quarterbacks at all kinds of uh, all kinds of levels. But uh, but I think that uh, a, a high school, college, and pro. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's clear that it's not like his rookie offseason, right? Rookie offseason are a shit show him in year two he's had more opportunity he's had more time he's had uh time to settle in it's not as uh it's not as head swimming uh of a of a circumstance as it is to be dropped into any nfl circumstances uh as a rookie so i think uh you know i think that all of these things factor in to what it is that you see before you right now which is a much better version of malik willis um that's ultimately not what my what my biggest positive is, uh, though, from the game. I'm going to talk about uh, that here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found 
at GaryAshton.com. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators will get you that Intel edge you need to succeed. Um, so I think that uh, I think that when you look at all the different things that came out of yesterday's uh, yesterday's preseason action, the thing that you had to like the most was the rushing attack, and particularly the rushing attack in the second half, whether that was Spears, whether it was how decisive Malik with his legs, right? I don't think he necessarily needs to run. I thought, what did he have? 93 yards on the ground yesterday, 91, excuse me, 11 attempts, 91 yards for Malik. They had 281 total as a rushing offense. Uh, Chestnut was phenomenal. I, I need to make, I'm going to make a public apology to, uh, Julius Chestnut on the radio show tomorrow. Bert reminded me that I spent my entire week bitching about the idea that instead of watching Lionel Messi at Giotis Park, on uh, on Saturday night, which by the way, I was still you know was still a little disappointed to not be able to go to. I I'm I kept making the joke about Julius Chestnut. I was going to be watching Julius Chestnut run for three and a half yards per carry. Well, he averaged almost eight on Saturday night, and Julius Chestnut had the game of his life in front of his mom, who was there in attendance at the stadium. Brabel told us that today, so I do owe a public apology to Julius Chestnut, even though he's not he's no Leo Messi, uh, but he did have an incredible performance. Uh, in a in a game that I think is you know not going to make the difference make the the total difference between him making the roster and not making the roster, but I do think that the Juli- the case for Julius Chestnut is as strong as it's ever been. He was my biggest positive to come out of uh, to come out of Saturday's game. Yeah, you know, watching Tyler running, you know, hurting when a guy and then scoring that was that was obviously a beautiful sight to see from him. But uh, you know, we we kept rolling after that, so. Every, from everybody, uh, Malik was running well of you, and everybody was getting to it. And you had long run, you had a, a touchdown catch. I mean, it gets extended time. How much that help you kind of get in the flow of the game, and you, you felt you feel like it was a good one for you? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's just that's more like everybody. You know, it, it, the more you can get um, going, and the better you probably play. So um, it was, it was. A good, a good day. Mike you said he liked the way that you guys responded from first half to second. What kind of clicked more for you guys as an offense? Uh, just, just the physicality of the game. You know, uh, we came, we came in with a little, um, not into it, I would say. But you know, in the second half, we got to it. Um, physical up front. You know, the O line kept fighting and fighting, so we was able to come out there and compete in the second half. So that's uh, us with Julius Chestnut last night in the locker room in Minnesota. A really, really uh, spectacular perform- uh, performance by him. He had one rushing touchdown. He thought he might have had two on that 55-yard rush that he had. He also caught uh, a touchdown reception. Just a quick, uh, I think it was in total, like it might have counted for what, a yard? A, a quick little flare pass uh, that Julius Chestnut was able to take from Malik into the end zone. Um, to give the Titans their first passing touchdown of the preseason. But in total, two rushing touchdowns uh, for the Titans rushing offense as a whole. Julius Chestnut, 13 carries, 98 yards, 7.5 yards per attempt. Um, on the whole, they were averaging as an offense almost almost 8 yards per attempt across the board. It was a really, really... Good thing to see from a team who you know is going to predicate their identity off of the run. And uh, and at, at this point, that to see them kind of start out a little flat, the starting, the, the first team offense, the first team offensive line played three series. 
in this game to see them come out a little flat and then by the third series really start to kind of kick that into gear and for that to carry over carry over in, into the the depth offensive line groups i thought that that was a a really really promising sign of who, what it is that the titans are going to bread and butter basically as an offense and with a more capable quarterback even though it's a preseason offense they're not highly scheming anything right now I think that you would you largely feel good. At least I came out of that seeing opportunities that were missed uh, that they can capitalize on when they've got better talent out on the field and it's not preseason. I largely came away feeling pretty positive about the experience. Uh, Chris Smith on Facebook Live says, 90% of you guys never played a single down of football in your life. But y'all are professional coaches. Malik played great. 85 yards with receivers, dropped balls, should have been 150. Rush game was amazing. Again, great. I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't have to go to extremes. He wasn't awful. He wasn't great. He was, he was fine. And I thought he managed a couple of difficult situations pretty well. I also thought that there was a couple of glaring missed opportunities. So, Chris, I'm largely in agreement with you. And it, you know, not the, you don't have to be a professional coach to be able to understand football. The vast majority of you guys um, no, have watched enough football in your lives to be able to determine these things. It's just sometimes we lack the we lack the clarity of context, right? Context in football is as important as any sport out there because there's so many players on the field. There's so many things that are happening all at once, and every once in a while some weird shit happens. Like uh, the the punt, right? The punt that bounced off Trey Avery's knee because it hit in one spot and flew 12 yards the other way. He tried to hop it. It ends up being a turnover. And there's, you know, there's nothing that you can do with it. You can't coach that situation. You can't be more aware when a ball flies 12 yards in the other direction, direction from the spot that it landed. The, there's just context in football is the most important thing. And I think that we can lose a lot of context if you're just looking at counting stats. That's what I'd like to get across. But anyway, I thought the biggest positive was the rushing attack, the physicality that they played with, and that was the sentiment that Mike Vrabel echoed. Now, uh, a negative that we want to talk about, and the question that we'll ask you as we continue with the primetime show um, on this Sunday night, what did you least like about what you saw from the Titans in their first preseason win? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, we will discuss at length together Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Now, I saw one of you ask if Amanda has gotten me out of jail before. Uh, No, but she is there to protect your constitutional rights. Her and her team at the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, they go wherever justice demands. I've told you guys this before. It's not just a saying. They have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in Middle Tennessee. They are there to make sure that you understand your constitutional rights, first and foremost, from parties who may try and take advantage of either a lack of understanding, a lack of clarity, or a lack of legal knowledge. Many of us are not fully versed in what it is that the law affords us. AmandaJGentry.com is where you can go to seek out the help that you may require wherever justice demands the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. So we we talked about the positives. There are plenty of teachable moments from uh, what it was that the Titans put out on the field last night. Uh, Kicker situation, Richie uh, Guzman says, is not going smooth. 
you know, there weren't really a lot of opportunities, right? They they had the the the, the doink extra point. I I continue to think that the uh, I continue to think that the kicker who will who will be their field goal kicker in 2023 is not on the roster yet. I just don't I don't think Wolf or Shudak has cleared you know one or another substantially enough. Now are, will they try it as a more cost effective means potentially? But I just I don't think that either of them with no NFL experience between them they stand to cause more problems than provide solutions. It would seem, uh, you know, no, no kickoffs out of bounds yesterday, the way that Shudak had in Chicago, no missed field goals because of wind direction, the way that Wolf had in Chicago, because of course, Minnesota's stadium is indoors there. They there's not, there weren't really many opportunities for them to put what they needed to test the kickers in live game reps last night specifically, but, uh, you know, I'm just not necessarily, I'm not necessarily crazy about the idea of either of, of either of them being the starting kicker for this team come, uh, what is it? September the 10th in new Orleans. Uh, but I want to, uh, I want to, I want to, I want you to hear from Malik Willis. Cause while there was a couple of decisions by Malik that were questionable, right? I thought on the whole, to spin a negative positive, and you guys know I don't like, I don't, you know, tend to spin positive very often, but to spin a negative as a positive, Malik made a mistake on the interception. But the fact that, according to Vrabel, he was able to come over to the sideline and articulate the mistake that he had made, identify what happened on the play so that he can learn from the mistake and have that proof of concept should the opportunity present itself in, you know, let's say Friday night against New England. By the way, a home game. Excited to uh, do a game at Nissan Stadium. It's been a little while since we've uh, been back in the swing of things in front of a home crowd, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of you on Friday night. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty hot all week, and I think that, that stands to be the case by the time the game kicks off at Nissan Stadium at 7 p.m. on Friday. But uh, hydration, hydration will be key for all of you who will be sitting out in the stands. I look forward to seeing you guys uh, back at your uh, at your home at your home stadium uh, this weekend. It'll be good for us to get back in the swing of things as well. Looking forward to not traveling for for a couple of weeks, or at least until New Orleans. I'm looking forward to doing a game at New Orleans. Never done a game at the Superdome, so that's going to be cool. Uh, but yes, the kicking situation is very very much very tenuous. Uh, let's say uh, Stephen Snyder says glad they decided not to do joint practices. No need for it. You know, there is value for sure in in having those opportunities, but I, I'm inclined to agree with you, especially where both teams are. And New England wasn't planning on going home. They've been in Green Bay for a week. They weren't planning on going home. They were just going to come straight to Nashville. And I think to give those players, uh, to give those players the opportunity to go back and be with their family, their friends, their loved ones after uh, the unfortunate situation last night on the field with uh, Bolden the corner who was uh, stretchered off. Sounds like he's okay. Uh, right now, he was released from the hospital, and I know he was uh, on his way back to New England uh, as of this morning. So uh, fortunate that that was not a more serious situation. But um, good on the Patriots and the Packers for suspending that preseason game. No need to play the final 10 minutes when when something like that happens in exhibition and uh, or really in regular season, as we've seen with the DeMar Hamlin 
circumstance and then uh you know the right decision probably to let the new england players go home and and for the titans to kind of continue to work against themselves and, and try and maintain health ahead of friday's preseason game uh but the thing that i want you guys to hear malik articulating his mistakes not to not to the coaching staff but to us after the fact when he came to the podium a bad decision but good recognition uh except we do not have the video because i sent that to bert late and Bert must not have seen it. That's my mistake. That's not on Robert. My, uh, but anyway, it's on my uh, Twitter account or X account, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, Malik Willis talking through the interception. I thought Teron Davenport did a good job of kind of setting him up to explain what it was that he was seeing on the play. And it was uh, in the. It, it's it's only about a twenty five second clip. It's not it's not important for us to have it. You can see it on social media. But uh, Malik's decision making questionable at times. A positive from that, him being able to articulate that clearly after the fact in ways that last year I, I don't think that he was able to do. So uh, good good growth there, even in a bad moment. Uh, okay, Tafari, forgive me if I'm uh, mispronouncing the name, says, what's the deal with Caleb Farley? Is he going to play this year? I mean, he's on PUP. There's no deal with Caleb Farley. The deal is PUP. So, uh, you know, Monty Wright, they, there is a PUP that, uh, it, and that's the physically unable to perform list. The PUP uh, situation, I, I'm trying to recall specifically, and I'll have to look up the rule after the fact, but I know there was a regular season PUP rule that they had to leave them on there for a period of time. I can't remember if it was six weeks. Six weeks sounds kind of long. But they've had to use that rule for Monty Rice before so that it doesn't take up an active roster spot, um, and but they don't have to cut him, right? So Farley is still on PUP. Raidens is as well, but at least Dylan Raidens is doing stuff on the field. During practices, he's off to the side. He's doing his own thing with the training staff. Farley's not there yet. Farley with two month, two, Farley's injury was two months before Raiden's, and we know that the, the disc situation for Farley different than Raiden's tearing an ACL. Um, that I think is uh, that I think is is worth um, you know keeping an eye on. So will he play this year? I mean, I don't, I can't answer that question. All I can, all I can tell you is. Uh, um, He's not, he's not available right now. I sound like Mike Brable. Not, not available. Where's, 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 uh, where's Caleb Farley? Not available. Jackie Holbert says, Buck, realistically, is uh, Farley's career with the Titans probably over it? I mean, I'm, you know, it's, he's still on the roster. I Realistically, he's still on the roster. So, like, I'm not going to doom a guy before, you know, before the end is clear and obvious. Is it trending that way? Sure. I mean, it's been a disaster. Caleb Farley is, he's not as big of a bust as Isaiah Wilson, but, he's he's as big of a of of a football but Isaiah was a personality bust right Isaiah could have been a fully capable football player but um you know was a a word that I probably can't say even though this is a streaming show and I'm not governed by the FCC the way that I am on the radio show here um uh, Farley's situation is football right it's not just that Caleb Farley is hurt a lot. It's that Caleb Farley isn't very good at football when they put him out there. He had plenty of opportunities to play and played poorly last year, objectively poorly. That's not, you know, and it's like it's like me being critical of Malik down the stretch last year. It's not it's not a personal attack on Malik Willis. Is that they are expected to perform when they're out on the field, and they he was Farley. He was incapable of performing at a level that a starting NFL corner should be at least able to put together there was a lot a lot of mistakes a lot of errors Washington is the last time that I remember um the last time that I remember him 
playing substantial snaps. And I know Diami Brown took him for a ride. That was uh, the Caleb Farley experiment is definitely trending in that direction, but I'm not, you know, I think that declare his career over is, I, I just don't, I don't like doing that stuff. Right. Well, we'll, we'll let it play out. Uh, there's, there's no need to be definitive to uh, definitive on that at this point. Okay. This is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this week, except that's gone viral and we'll do that Tuesday. The question that I want to ask you on Facebook YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. How many passes? So we had uh, somebody bring up the idea of people being overly critical of Malik and, you know, how that might be unfounded, right? So I'd like to ask you guys, in an NFL preseason game, how many passes do you think you'd be capable of completing? How many passes? Not You don't have to give me a stat line. How many passes? One, two, none, ten, how many? In an NFL preseason game, if we were to put you behind Aaron Brewer or Corey Levin, right, the Titans centers, how many passes would you be able to complete in a preseason game? Let's talk about it together. I'll give you a, there's a reason, a Titans-related reason that I'm going to give you here in just a second that I thought was uh, pretty funny to watch play out. Uh, right after, I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. They helped me lose 58 pounds. My goal was to get into better shape. My goal was to continue to push my physical fitness in an incremental way that was not going to overexert me, that was not going to make me uncomfortable, right? TrueMath Fitness took great care of me. They do so with their awesome group classes, boot camp style, no workout ever recycled or repeated. If you're like me and your schedule is a little more specific, I love the personal training options at TrueMath. Their coaching staff is phenomenal. The facility itself is conveniently located downtown Nashville in the Gulch. If you want to sign up for a membership, you can work out at your own pace. They have an open gym for you to use as you please or take those group classes or personal training options as you see fit. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go to sign up for any of their great membership options or to try your first workout free. So how many passes do you think you'd be capable of completing in a preseason game? Do interceptions count? No, that's not a completion. How many passes could you complete in a preseason game? Uh, Bofa says, if you're so fit, go line up at wide receiver for the Titans, Buck. Listen, Kyrus Jackson goes down yesterday. Kyle Phillips goes down yesterday. Pretty thin at wide receiver already. Uh, but no, I'm not. I am. Uh, I'm definitely, I would not be on the hands team. <laughs> would not be on the hands team. Nobody would ever accuse me of that. I was a, uh, I was a defensive end slash outside linebacker in high school football. And high school football was about the extent that my athletic abilities were going to allow me to play football. But uh, how many passes would you complete? Negative five, says Dylan West. Uh, all of them to A.J. Brown, says Billy Jones. A.J. playing in a preseason game for the Titans. 40 on the jet pass, says MP. Three, says Elo Gray. 69, says Stephen King. I don't think if you're attempting 69 passes in an NFL game, something has gone terribly wrong. 12 for 12, says Chandler Cummings. Uh, zero, says Ken Kanev. Ken Kanev is going to, he's going to answer for all of you here. Zero is probably the most accurate answer. I'm willing to bet that unless uh, some of you have some college quarterback experience that I'm unaware of, uh, I'm going to bet that the vast majority of, if not all of you, including myself, would not be able to complete a single pass in an NFL preseason game. Now, I don't know if Mason Kinsey would have completed a pass in an NFL preseason game because he didn't get the opportunity to throw one. But he was the Titans' emergency quarterback last night, and it was funny to kind of catch up with him and, and find out, hey, when, when did they let you know? 
They tell you you're going to be taking some snaps at quarterback. Uh, yesterday they they told me there was going to be a chance uh, if Malik went down, obviously, which I'm glad he didn't. But uh, and then before before the game today, uh, Braves was like, you know, I may I may put you in there for a snap or two. So that was kind of cool that he uh, threw me a bone on that one. Did you lobby to throw it all? I did. Yeah, I was I was kind of joking around with some of the guys like. Uh, I hope they don't act like they're going to bring pressure because I'm going to check it and throw it deep if I see one of one of my guys in the receiver room pressed up out there. But, uh, no, nah, I just tried to stick to the read, handed it off the first time, and, you know, gained however many yards on the second one. But it was it was a cool experience for sure. So when Graves told you the plan, did you know what play it was going to be or did you kind of have to wait for a call like any other quarterback? I figured it was going to be a run play. Okay. <laughs> Majority just handed off. Uh, um, don't get too fancy with it, but um, – you know, we practiced uh, like one play yesterday at practice, and that was the play that we ran. So uh, it's not like I, I hadn't done it before. It was my first time in there. But uh, like I said, it was a cool experience. And, uh, you know, it shows a little bit of trust that they trusted me to do it. So uh, it's a compliment to me for sure. I, I take it as a compliment. So that is Mason Kinsey. He was uh, declared emergency quarterback in a walkthrough on Friday after Will Levis was determined that he was not going to play. Um, how many passes would any of us complete? I would take, I, if the, if the over under is 0.5, I'm betting the under on each and every one of you, including myself. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Caverly says, did Haskins get cut? Didn't see him out there. No, Hassan Haskins, uh, is still on the 50 or excuse me. He's still on the, uh, the 90 man roster. He, I believe sustained an injury in Chicago, on a special teams snap, he didn't practice at all last week. So he was just unavailable for the game, as was Monty Rice. So, uh, no, Hassan Haskins still on the roster. Although his, you know, his job is not secure with uh, Julius Chestnut, I think, uh, making, a, making a pretty good case right now. That's going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys spending some time with us on the primetime show. Radio show tomorrow, 10 a.m. Uh, on 104.5 The Zone. We're going to go through a lot more detail on this, I've got a lot of takeaways from Mike Vrabel's press conference today that we didn't have the opportunity to get to tonight. So we'll do that from 10 to 1 tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone. Have a great rest of your evening. Enjoy what remains of your weekend. As always, we appreciate the people who make this show possible. The law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, True Math Fitness in the Gulch, Two Rivers Ford, and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Uh, we will be back at it tomorrow morning, as I said, on the radio. And if I don't talk to you there, we can always do it again tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Primetime. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal the show.